Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Good for a Weekend, the podcast where two friends talk about Taylor Swift. I'm MK. And I'm Cressy. And this week we are going to be talking about Plane Gate. We are going to deep dive into Taylor Swift's private jet usage. Yeah, you guys might have seen Taylor getting dragged, physically dragged through the mud this past week on social media. So we decided to disrupt our content because we have to talk about this and before we even explain what happened if you don't know i do want to put like a little disclaimer we're not going to be roasting taylor for the next half hour we're not just going to be like shitting on her but we're also not going to be like coddling her like a little baby child who can do nothing wrong ever and say she's perfect and flawless and it's totally fine that she's emitted like 8,000 tons of carbon emissions in less than one year. We're going to be nuanced about this. Yeah, I think this subject does have a lot of nuance to it, and and she's been getting a lot of heat, and I can see both sides. So it'll be interesting to talk about it. I don't really know your opinion fully yet. We've been trying to save it for this, I think. So um, it'll be interesting to get into. Yeah, and one final thing, in case you guys are wondering... Where the hell have you been? <laughs> I have had some health problems that I will share at the very end of the episode, but I'm totally fine. But I just had to take off time from this, from my actual nine to five job and from doing stand up. So I'm just now getting back into doing all three of those things. So here we are. Yeah, I you've been really going through it over there. So I honestly applaud you for even having to go through the <laughs> trials and tribulations. Thank you. OK, you're so sweet. So now let's get into the drama. Let's get into something that will heal my soul, the thing that makes me wake up in the morning, and that is celebrity drama. So on July 29th, a marketing sustainability firm, that might be the correct term, I don't know, called Yard, posted a list of the top celebrities with the worst private jet carbon emissions. My first question here is what 
is a sustainability marketing firm. Like, why do we need to market something that isn't a business? I don't know. Just kind of a weird concept to start out with. Going to throw it out there. I think it's interesting. I agree. And I've also been clicking around their website. It is weareyard.com. And it's just very buzzwordy. So if you go to their website right now, in giant letters, it says, radically better results. It's time to create a step change. What? Like, what What? What do you do? Yeah, when I was reading it, it felt like a scam. Like, I couldn't figure out what they were even trying. Like, I can tell what they're trying to do. They're trying to get the word out about, like, the environment, I guess. But it's just, it's, it's a weird concept um, to, to call themselves marketing for just science. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. They use a lot of buzzwords like technology, data, search, growth, and um, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Okay. So here are the list of celebrities that Yard came out with. And after I list these, um, MK is going to explain their methodology as our resident STEM girly. Um, number one, Taylor Swift. She has taken 170 flights since January. And actually, since posting this, she's taken more. So it's higher than 170 now. But it was 170. Um, That is 22,923 minutes in the air, a total of 15.9 days since January 2022. That is terrible. That's crazy. That's an average of 80 minutes per flight. 139 miles per flight and her total flight emissions for the year come in at 8,293.53 tons, which is 1,184.8 times the average person. The average person's annual emissions is 8.2. And hers is like a thousand times more in just the first six months of the year. Yes. Eight over 8,000. Yeah. Okay. Number two is Floyd Mayweather. He's at a little over 7,000. Then number three, we have Jay-Z. He is at 136 flights and almost 7,000. Uh, there has been some stipulation, some recent additions with regarding Jay-Z that I read about in the Rolling Stone article I sent you, MK, that he also, his name is on Puma's private jet and puma uses that jet for like athletes that they're recruiting so it's not all jay-z it's also under the company puma so i don't know if it's accurate to put jay-z as number three i would imagine a company would have a ton too so i feel like that if depending on the percentage of how much jay-z is using the plane versus puma that does seem like a very valid excuse i'm not gonna lie yeah, yeah. I would love to see the list of private companies and, or public companies as well, The like the top 10 for those. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continuing this, number four is A-Rod, which is interesting because he seems so irrelevant to me. Where is he going? I know. I mean, honestly, all of these celebrities, I'm like, where could you possibly be going all yeah. the time? But especially him. Like, literally, where is he going? I, I don't know. Number five also kind of shocked me because I feel like he doesn't, he just does the voice, but Blake Shelton. That didn't shock me because he does the voice. And then he also is still a recording artist, I believe. And there, there's like award shows and stuff, right? Yeah. And I'm sure he's like 
long distance with Gwyn. And so I'm sure they fly to see each other at their various jobs. It makes a little bit of sense to me. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Then number six, another odd one, you guys. Steven Spielberg. That one I don't understand at all. Where's he going? What's he working on? What's he up to? He's taken 61 flights this year. He's at 4,465 tons. And his shortest flight, oh my gosh, New York to New Jersey, 18 minutes. The only reason I will give this to Steven and Blake is because those two places, LA to San Diego and Jersey to New York or vice versa, probably a lot of traffic. So it's not like you could just drive an hour or two and replace the time because I'm sure it would take longer. So I kind of, all right, like, sure. If you're rich, (laughs) go ahead. (laughs) Number seven, we have Kim Kardashian. She is at 4,268.5 tons, 57 flights, and her average flight is 85.49 minutes. And her shortest flight was a 23-minute flight from San Diego to Camarillo. I don't know if I said that correctly. Sorry, Californians, if I mispronounce Camarillo. Yeah, I feel like Kim Kardashian, too, you you see her travels all over the internet, so that's not shocking. I would have imagined her being further up on the list. I think everyone else is pretty hush-hush about when they're traveling, and she's always posting, so. I would have guessed she would have been top five. Honestly, I did watch The Kardashians on Hulu, the new show, and there's a whole episode about her new private jet. I don't know. I I expected her to be a lot higher. Okay, number eight, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Okay. What's he up to? I don't know. Wahlburgers? Maybe. Uh, Then Oprah, which makes sense to me. And then number 10 is Travis Scott. Wait, wait. Oh my gosh. I do have to mention Travis Scott's average flight is 7.3 miles. That's average. Seven miles? Like that, that's that's like a five to 30 minute drive. Yeah, I'm confused by that. Like, is he just moving airports because if that's average that means that there's a significant amount that are below seven (laughs) that's insane there's no way that this is like real okay so then that segues into their air quotes data and and how they compiled this list so now mk can you please explain how they found this out as our stem girly under their section of this article called methodology it doesn't really give any methodology as resident stem girly i was reading it and trying to figure out how they came up with these numbers and and all they really did under methodology was talk about the stats like their average emissions how much more it is than a regular person how long their flights were how far their flights were and who the biggest offenders are. That's literally all they say under methodology, which makes no sense because that doesn't tell you at all how they got their numbers, how they calculated the amount of tons. The only thing that they mention is that they came up with these numbers from a Twitter account. So yeah, that's super reliable. Like, I I just don't understand. Like they don't, it's, it's more sketchiness about their website. Like there's, they're using all these buzzwords. They're highlighting the number of tons and it's a big deal, but, but they 
like it's all coming from a Twitter account called Celebrity Jets. They don't explain how they came up with flight time and how they know how much emissions mm-hmm. come from the flight. Um, that's what I was expecting under methodology. So I really don't, it's just getting sketchier by the second. It doesn't make sense. I believe that all flight records, whether you have a private jet or you're flying commercially, are like all public. So like you wouldn't be able to see that MK flew on this date at this time, but you could see that this specific plane by Delta flew at this certain time. And like Taylor, for instance, has two jets, which we haven't even gotten into yet. And this Twitter account, Celebrity Jets, counts both of those jets as Taylor Swift, even though there's no way she can be using both at the same time. Are there, well, unless there's instances where they're both being used at the same time, then I guess that doesn't really matter. Yeah, so it is like a little confusing how they calculated it, but this Twitter account is using like data already public. They're just compiling it for Twitter. And I understand that, but also the fact that the article didn't go to the source. Yeah. And and try to track the flights themselves. They just trust this Twitter account, which if you're Celebrity Jets, I'm sure you're doing God's work and, you know, being honest. But, I mean, how do we really know? I mean, it's a Twitter account. Yeah. Like, how do we know that they're... Exactly. They're a faceless account. Yeah. It's just someone. It's just a person. So, I mean, they could be making mistakes. I mean, not to play devil's advocate here, but it is just... I do think if you're going to write an article like this, you need to have... Uh, what's the term? You're you're an article writer, like your first source or whatever. It doesn't have a term for when you like don't use a source from a source. You like go to the original one. I would like to remind the audience that I have lost a few brain cells from my health problems. I do not know the answer to this question, but I'm sure in about a week it'll come to me. Yeah, I don't write <laughs> articles about anything, but but I I my point is that it's weird to me that they just took this as fact from someone when they're getting it from a credible source and they didn't go straight to the credible source which i think would be i agree more ethical or whatever and the way they worded it scrapping data from celebrity jets like just yeah. like the way they worded it it's very sketch very sketch like, do you not hear yourself that you're talking about quote-unquote data from a twitter account like and it says like our campaigns team, alongside with the technical SEO team, I'll tell you who I don't trust with calculating carbon emissions, and that's an SEO developer. What do they know about carbon emissions? That's the other thing. They don't talk about, because the carbon emissions have to vary from plane to plane. This, the mm-hmm. carbon emissions on like a 737 Delta flight with hundreds of people, luggage, all of that is not going to be the same as Taylor's little private jet and her probably one bag of luggage. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's got to be dependent on weight. Yeah, because I don't know if you can tell how many people are on yeah. the flight manifest. I don't think that's public. I mean, maybe it's something that varies minutely. Like, it, and maybe it doesn't make that much of a difference. Yeah. But to me, I just thought it was weird that they didn't even cover that yeah it, it's just it's weird and the fact that it's always like an average number and they didn't talk about 
how they calculated that or where it came from. I just, it's all a little sketch to me. And if we have any aviation experts listening to this who can explain how they calculated this, please let us know in our Instagram comments or in our Discord. We would love to know. Yeah, I am not an aviation expert, so it's not making much sense to me. MK is a roller coaster engineer expert. Yeah, I I do know a lot about that, but not about planes. <laughs> so now let, let's get into the tailor of it all. Ignoring their methodology, it, even if it is flawed, I am not shocked that Taylor is number one on this. I am not shocked at all. This number may not be perfect, but she has two jets and she loans the other one out. She's basically got her own airline. This does not shock me at all. So now let's share Taylor's statement regarding this report. Her team said, quote, Taylor's jet is loaned out regularly to other individuals. To attribute most or all of these trips to her is blatantly incorrect, end quote. I don't love this statement because, like, to me, that doesn't matter. Like, that's still her jet. You know, like, it doesn't It doesn't matter to me that someone else is just using it. That That's still... I, and I know they're just going to rent another private jet, but, like, the fact that she has a second one to, like, rent out... Then when you say that she's lending it to people, does that mean, like, her friends and family... Is that was that along the lines of what you're thinking? Is that she she lends it to her close circle so they can use it too? I think she also rents it out. Okay. Because I think it costs a lot of money to um, store a private jet, like two, also two of them. So I think just like fiscally, it makes sense if you own two of them to like loan the other one out when your family isn't using it. Okay. Because her family... Maybe not like her parents or her brother, but any other close friends or family that she's allowing to use it would not get mobbed in the airport. It wouldn't be that big of a deal if they flew commercial, I don't think. I can see how she would fly her mother on a private jet just because if Andrea went to the airport i think it would cause a ruckus Mm -hmm. and she has cancer too yeah and but no one else really like it's not necessary for her to lend her private jet to friends and family if they're not recognizable i think it's completely unnecessary for her to have two i understand having one private jet i get it she's too famous i get why she needs one i get why she needs to fly from city to city i get it but two to me is inexcusable and i love taylor but I want to know the reason. Yeah. And just the statement. Ugh. Because I feel like, like the way they worded it, to attribute most or all of these trips to her is blatantly incorrect, end quote. That's, that's, it is attributed to her. Yeah. Because it's her jet. (laughs) Even if she's not on it, yeah. That's correct. (laughs) It's not wrong. She owns it and there could be one less plane flying around the world. They are literally attributed to her. It's hers. (laughs) Yeah, it's her plane. But I will say back to our opinion on it all. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I understand why she needs to use it. 100%. She cannot go to the airport. Like, what? No. No. She cannot go to the airport. It's a safety hazard for everyone else, including herself. It's just not feasible. However, I was a little shocked when I saw this just because... I felt like whenever I envisioned Taylor living her life, 
she's vibing on the lakes where the poet's meant to die. Like, I just always imagine her by a lake in serenity, not really doing much because we just never hear from her. So I feel like she never travels. But I guess that was naive of me. Like, what is she doing? We don't hear from her. Doesn't she have five houses, too? I bet that's a lot of it, just going from house to house. Yeah, but I mean, how often is she jumping houses? Yeah. I just literally always see her in the countryside of London, or maybe not London, but the countryside of England with Joe. Yeah. Vibing in a cabin. That's how I always imagine her, and I guess that's not, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's not very folklore, cottage core vibes of her. And she's not touring. She's not showing up to award shows. Yeah, where is she going? <laughs> She's not doing anything. What are you, like, yeah, what are you doing? She has a cameo in that movie. She's, I, we know she's writing songs because Dylan O'Brien confirmed that she's working on new stuff. Where, where else? Where, where are you going, Taylor? She went to the film festival for All Too Well 10 Minute Version. She did do that. Yeah. I'm sure she had to do stuff for Where the Crawdads Sing. So, to me, in my opinion right now, like this backlash and the memes we're seeing about this are on par with 2016 and Snakegate. Like, I haven't seen anything like 2016 happen until this past week. My Twitter feed, my TikTok feed, all of my feeds have just been flooded with memes either joking about this or bashing her for this. Yeah, I am not really on Twitter. I'm mostly on TikTok, so most of the ones I've seen are jokey. Yeah. They're silly. They don't really care that much. Um, there might be a comment or two that is critiquing her more harshly. But I haven't seen a ton of critiques, so I didn't even consider it to be close to Snakegate. Like, no one's saying that they're canceling her. I mean, obviously they are, but now that kind of... Yeah. Everyone gets canceled every day. So um, I just yeah. didn't think it was as big of a deal, but maybe it's because I'm not on Twitter where most of the um, negative Nellies reside. I think it's on par with it on like like a meme level. Like when the 2016 happened and you saw celebrities like Zendaya like tweeting jokes about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Like I don't necessarily think she's getting canceled like you said. But let me just yeah. read a few tweets that friend of the show Cody and I have sent to each other in our little DM group. Hot out. Thanks a lot, Taylor Swift. That one got over 2,000 retweets. That's really funny. Blank space was written about the hole in the ozone layer. Taylor walking her dog, and it's a gif of a drone. I've seen that one. <laughs> They're really funny. That is really funny. Those are my favorite TikToks where they're, it's like a jet like flying through the sky, and it's like Taylor Swift on her way to Starbucks. <laughs> or like when Taylor needs milk. <laughs> They're really funny. And I say that they as a Taylor really fan, they have been cracking me up. My favorite TikTok I've seen is um, the lyrics from uh, Nothing New. <laughs> Criticize the way you fly as you're soaring through the sky. It's so funny. So is Taylor a climate criminal? Yeah. Do I still stand? Yeah. And that's just that. Taylor is a climate criminal. <laughs> I agree. And... I don't know how to word it because I don't want to say like I don't care but I think when you're that level of celebrity there's not much you can do about it I mean if she has engagements if she's traveling 
like she has to take a private jet. I do think that the second plane, um, jail, jail time, like yes. for what? <laughs> yes. And to provide some context, I read the Washington Post article about this, and they had this really interesting interview with this guy named Chris Field. He's the director of Stanford Woods Institute for the Environment at Stanford University. So he's legit. He's highly accredited. And he helped, for me at least, put into context the use of jets compared to the average person. And this is the quote from the article. Compared with fuel-efficient commercial planes and climate-friendly cars such as hybrid or electric vehicles, the emissions per passenger mile are substantially higher for private jets, which typically carry few passengers and travel shorter distances, Field said. But, he noted, the fuel economy of a private jet with a reasonable number of passengers could be comparable to a single person driving a Ford F-150 pickup truck. End quote. Isn't that crazy? That if you like stock up a jet enough, it's just as efficient as a Ford F-150. And so many people drive Ford F-150s alone every single day, like to work them back. I mean, can you imagine Hummers? Yeah. Not only are they an eyesore. They're also climate criminals. They're an environment source. So sorry to anyone who owns a Hummer, but why? <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. So now I'm kind of like... I don't know. I can't decide how I feel. It's tricky. And I don't think we can necessarily like pick a side because it's so nuanced. Yeah. And we're both Taylor fans. We have a Taylor Swift podcast. So then all the other people on the list, do I judge them any more or less than her? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. If Kim was number one on this list and she was producing 8,000 tons, tons, I would be like, regulations. Where is the political action? Blah, blah, blah. And because it's Taylor, I'm like, I don't know, you guys. I think she needs to use it. You know, like, I am being very hypocritical. That's true. And I'm also like, what about the giant companies? Like we talked about at the very beginning of this episode. What what are we doing about these giant companies, too? Yeah. If it was the Kardashians, I would be judging them a little harder. You're right. Yeah. It's tough. Oh, God. I'm a bad person. We're complicated people. And we want to see the good in most people. We're not cynical. And we want to see the good in Taylor, right? Yeah, I only want to see the good in Taylor, I guess. Yeah. And it's hard. (laughs) I'm wondering if this is also why she's kind of silent with the whole album thing. I think she needs to just drop something because if she dropped 1989, we would not talk about this another second. I think the opposite. I think that she needs to let this die down first. And she's probably going to wait to do it after this dies down so that people aren't even thinking about this anymore by the time she drops an album. I think that this pushed us back from wherever we were (sighs) in the scheme of rollout of a new re-recording. I think it's pushing back even further. Taylor. Because this will blow over. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's our discussion on this. I think our final thoughts, if I can speak for you, MK, is... We hate to see it, but we love to see her. If she's traveling, that means she's doing stuff, so that excites me. (laughs) Sorry, Earth. I also love the memes that are like, yeah, but did the environment write this lyric? It'll be like, did the environment write leaving like a father running like water? (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't think so. So it's okay. It's okay that she's doing this. (laughs) She's an artiste. 
It is just like frustrating though to know that I like rinse out my cans before I recycle them and like <laughs> she does this like what like what's the point of everything so it's just it's very disheartening for me to hear these things not even just about Taylor but about all celebrities in general it's like why do I even bother like why why do I bother of like turning off my lights and like keeping my AC on high and keeping my heat on low and like freezing in the winter like why do I bother so here's the thing I think we're all complex because it's just hard especially as an individual to make a substantial footprint for sustainability and I not to discourage anyone from trying because obviously you should always be doing your best if you can but it's way more of a systemic problem so to attribute any amount I mean I guess Taylor Swift is a little bit different she's a climate criminal but personally it's, it's just hard because she well you know what if she recycles <laughs> yeah you reminded she me could of be something recycling I wanted to talk about and I can't believe I almost forgot a lot of artists offset their carbon emissions from tours like I know Sean Mendes does this and he's very public about how he does this and like meticulous of like I do this and this and this and this to like offset all of my emissions from like traveling and touring and all of that and I would love to see Taylor do that like tell us what you're doing to offset this because if artists I I know Sean is a huge artist, but he's much smaller in comparison to Taylor. If he can do it, so can Taylor. I know. So that's my, that's kind of what I was wondering too in my head. I was like, do you think she has like a recycling bin and just didn't even consider the fact that she's flying on a private jet all the time? Or do you think that she thinks about it? And I mean, but I feel like if she was doing something to offset her emissions on tours and stuff, she would be talking about it because that's just good press. Yes. It's. Yeah, it's nuanced. I think that's that's the conclusion. It's, mm, I don't know. <laughs> it's not great, but what are you going to do? I think is the vibes here. Yeah, I, I, I need Taylor's PR team to share how she's offsetting her carbon footprint because just with a quick Google right now, I just got a list of all of these celebrities like very clearly outlining how they offset all of their emissions. So it can't be that hard. There's obviously firms that can do this for them. Yeah. She needs to get on that. On her next tour, I bet you there will be a statement about it. Yeah. That's that's but, all we can ask for, I guess, as fans. It's just a crumb of something. Instead of being like, actually, Taylor wasn't on all of those flights. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she wasn't on them. She was sending them to her friends and family because she's so she nice. She was renting them out for her personal she's, airline. She is a philanthropist. <laughs> Obviously a saint. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they'll they'll come back and, and do that for the next tour, I'm sure. Which I don't know if it'll have a lot of criticism where, you know, a lot of her statements when she finally decides to speak out on uh, big issues. The consensus is usually too little too late. And not to be a Debbie Downer, it could be too little too late with our planet. So come on, Taylor. Give us give us something. <laughs> that, you know, it might be too little too late. I'm not going to lie. But I try not to think about that because that actually genuinely freaks me out when I think too hard about it. So Things are bleak. Let's not dive into it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that concludes our discussion on... Plane gate, whatever you want to call it. Should we go to a lighter note, our nightmares and daydreams? 
Yeah, sure. You go first, Cressy. Okay, my nightmare this week is the HBO show The Flight Attendant. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It is among the worst shows I've ever seen in my entire life, and I don't know why I kept watching it. I should have stopped, but because I hear about it often, and I, I listen to Cheryl Hines' podcast, and she's on there, so I think I just wanted to watch it because I was like, oh, I like Cheryl's podcast. I bet I'd like her on this show. It was so corny and so poorly written, and I don't know why I watched it. So don't don't go through my pain, you guys. It doesn't get better. Just don't. Should I even ask you about the premise of the show or like? Yeah, not, I can give you a it. quick premise. So it's okay. uh, Kaylee Cuoco. Is that how you say her name? She was on the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, Cuoco, something like yeah. that. She is a flight attendant who is an alcoholic and she ends up having a one night stand with this um, very, very wealthy man who ends up being murdered. She wakes up next to him murdered in bed. This is an episode one. This is not a spoiler. This is like the premise mm-hmm. of the whole thing. And um, since she's in another country, she's worried that it'll all get pinned on her. So she's like trying to cover her tracks and not get blamed. And then she finds out like all of these bad guys are after this dead guy. So now they're after her because they think she knows things. But she is a flight attendant who had a one night stand. So she doesn't know anything. And like espionage, spy stuff. The premise is very fascinating, but it just falls through. It is, but I'm not going to lie, hearing you explain that, my first thought is, this sounds kind of corny. Yeah, it's corny. And I, I thought I would like it. Uh, it was fine to have it on the background, but I, I, when I actually paid attention, it was maddening. It was like Pretty Little Liars. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so what's your nightmare? My nightmare is sort of a daydream. But not. So my nightmare is the fact that I'm obsessed with the show Big Brother. Can confirm. MK has mm-hmm. been a longtime fan. Yes. I love the show. The nightmare is the fact that I have, this season, gotten so far into it that I have started watching the live feeds. No. I get on Paramount Plus and I watch them sit in this house and hang out and just have like small talk sometimes you catch them talking game which is very fun because you see stuff that might not make the episode or even more exciting to me stuff that will make the episode and you're like oh my gosh I watched that in real time that's so cool and then you can see how they edit it and what they decide to put in the show or whatever it's cool to watch them talk game but even when they're just hanging out and doing nothing they could be cooking and I'm watching it religiously. I like I can't stop. I've been watching this more than TikTok. Them just hanging out in this house, these strangers. And it's just so cool to me to be like, I love this show and I'm watching what they're doing right now. But it's embarrassing. I realized that it was an issue when I was folding my laundry and I had it propped up. Like I prop it up where I like when I cook, when I'm doing my laundry, when I'm getting ready for bed, I watch it all the time. But I realized it was an issue when I was holding my laundry and I looked over and I realized I had been watching this man. The people that were talking to him had left him and he was sitting there by himself. And I watched it for about five minutes. (laughs) He wasn't doing anything. He was just looking around the backyard, not saying a word. And I was watching him do that. And then I was like, oh, this is a rock bottom. (laughs) I think that's like your version of watching Twitch streamers. I think that's okay. I think that's healthier than scrolling through TikTok, honestly. Maybe. 
They're, they're like, I'm watching them under a microscope. It's like kind of weird. I mean, at least TikTok's entertaining, but I'm just watching these strangers do virtually nothing. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a daydream because I love the show and I would recommend it to anyone, but Nightmare is, I've, I've gotten too far into it, I think. Yeah, that's hilarious. I would have never expected you to do that. I know. I've always thought people who watched those were so weird. Okay, what is your daydream then, Cressy? First returning daydream of the Good for a Weekend series. It is only Murders in the Building Season 2, baby. Selena is killing the game. Now, the beginning of Season 2 started out a little rocky. Didn't love it. Had some texts with my friends. And I was like, you guys, I'm not vibing with this. I don't love it. It gets good. And Selena honestly steals the show. Her acting is so good. And she's such like a core part of this season. And I just love it. I'm excited to talk about this. I loved season one, but I will say I didn't like it at first because I was watching it week to week and I just couldn't get into it. But then when it was all over, I went back. I was probably, I stopped probably in the middle and I decided I'm just going to start it over and see if it's better if I binge it. And it was, I liked binging it. So I haven't been watching season two yet. I will eventually when it's all out. I don't know if it is or not yet but when it's all out and done I'll probably binge it and like it but for some reason that show I can't do it week to week it's just I don't know maybe too much information per episode that like I forget some of it mm-hmm. when I have so much time between watching yeah and it admittedly starts out rocky there's like a weird Amy Schumer heavy heavy cameo oh god like she's it's not like her just in an elevator it is she is like a main character of an episode and it's very cringy and then everyone's favorite nepo baby cara delavine don't know how to say her last name she's a, a big character in the beginning and her acting just isn't very good but everyone else is so amazing that it helps you power through those scenes yeah i'm excited to see it i feel like selena's gonna really come into her own into the in the role because the first season had so much success that yeah I feel like she'll like really dive into it and it sounds like you said she is so yeah I'll let you know I'll I'll do a update of the update when I watch it yeah maybe it'll be my daydream please do or your nightmare well, well only time will tell Ooh, scandalous <laughs> so what's your daydream my daydream shocker more tv I'm a tv girly okay i I watch way too much TV, but I think you're the same. So I don't ever feel judged when we talk about TV. But Better Call Saul, oh Ah. my god. So I've always been into it. I watched Breaking Bad when I was young. I watched it when it was coming out on TV, I think. Better Call Saul, I really love it. But we're in the last season. We have like four or five episodes left. And it's so insane. It's, It's wrapping up so well. Every episode is jam-packed because they have to wrap up all these characters' stories. And the most interesting thing about this show, I believe, is that the season finale, or I mean, I guess the final season as a whole, holds so much weight because Better Call Saul is the prequel to Breaking Bad. So it's about how he became who he is in Breaking Bad. And a lot of the characters in Better Call Saul are not in Breaking Bad. So you have to figure out what happens to them for them to not be around anymore. And it's riveting. It's so good. I love it. If, if you if you liked Breaking Bad and you haven't seen Better Call Saul, oh my gosh, you have to watch it. I think it's almost better in a way. Interesting. I have not watched either. 
But I, I did listen to Bob Odenkirk. That's his name, right? Yeah. I listened to his interview on Armchair Expert, and he was so cool. I loved his interview. Even if you guys don't watch the show or, or like him or anything, his interview was really good. Oh, I should watch that. Yeah, he started out in comedy. Oh, like that's... Like, sketch comedy. That's very shocking, because yeah. the show is very dramatic. But he is funny. Yeah. And he's very, like, over the top as an actor, at least his character is. So it makes sense that he'd be good at comedy, too. Nice. So now that we've done our nightmares and daydreams, let's get to the real nightmare that I'm sure everyone is just on the edge of their seat, wondering, what the hell happened to you, Cressy? So... I will try to make this as short as possible. It all started in June. I got a cavity. They found one at my six-month cleaning. Kind of weird because I am one of those psychopathic people that actually does floss and use mouthwash every day. But, you know, these things happen. It's okay. Yeah. And I go to get the cavity filled like a week later. And my face swells up and it's bad. And I get COVID from my dentist. So my face is all swollen. The swelling never goes down, but I have to wait until I start testing negative for COVID to go back. So then finally, I'm suffering through COVID. It wasn't that bad, but I was just like a zombie. I was exhausted. It felt like I was like going at 0.5 speed, but I was okay. This isn't even the worst of it. So then I go back to that dentist office and I see a different dentist. And I'm like, hey, my face is still swollen. Can we check on this? So uh, she x-rays the entire left side of my face and can't find anything wrong that would make my face swell up. Like I don't need a root canal, nothing like that. No gingivitis, nothing. But she did see that my cavity wasn't done correctly. So she had to redo the filling. Not fun to have to get that done twice when I'm already a flosser. I just don't think I deserve that, you guys. My oral hygiene is on point. Um, Dental hygienists always compliment how clean my teeth are. I just don't think I deserve that. Whatever. So then the dentist says, I don't know why you have this swelling. There's nothing in your x-rays indicating a cavity filling. Even if this wasn't filled all the way down, it shouldn't be causing swelling. So I think you have a sinus infection because your symptoms align with a sinus infection. I'm going to prescribe you an antibiotic. And to me, that makes sense because I occasionally get sinus infections. I have a big nose. It happens. Question. Yes. Your dentist prescribed you sinus infection medicine? Yes, she prescribed me amoxicillin, which is a penicillin. Interesting that they can do that. I know. I guess they can prescribe whatever since they're doctors. But and I was like, okay, checks out to me. And I just had COVID, so it makes sense to me that I would have a sinus infection. It makes sense that they're all jacked up, right? Yes, and she's giving you something that's so run-of-the-mill. Yes, and I'm in pain. Like, I'm, like, my face is swollen. I'm talking out of the right side of my mouth this whole time. I just got over COVID. I was miserable. I was ready. I was going to take anything because I my mouth, like, hurt. Yeah. It was the only time I got any relief is when I lay down on that side of my face at night. And I can't just, like, lay down and work. I have to, like, sit up to type. So when my cavity, the, the numbing stuff, like, died down that evening, I got pizza with friend of the show, Hannah Burke. We went to Atwood's Pizza and Midtown, if anyone is familiar with that. And then with my last slice of pizza, I took one of the amoxicillin pills because you're supposed to take it with food. And I had a full stomach at that point. So the very end of the meal. Then Hannah drops me off. I get home. I look at my hands. They're bright red and covered in hives. And I'm like, what? I'm a 
wants to touch something because I I'm very I have very sensitive skin. Sometimes soaps, commercial soaps at restaurants and stores and stuff, like give give me some kind of reaction. So I was like, I must have touched something. And then it just kept getting worse and worse. And it was so itchy that I couldn't hold my phone because I needed both hands to like itch each other. It was weird. And then I was like, okay, I just need to shower and like wash whatever I got into off of me. Not suspecting at all that this was linked to the amoxicillin. I get in the shower and I'm like watching the hives from my hands travel up the rest of my body and like down my legs to my, like up my neck to my face. And I'm like, what is happening? Like my shower isn't even hot. Huh? That is terrifying. And I'm itchy, like from my scalp to the tip of my pinky toe on my foot. I'm itchy. And I'm like, what is happening to me? And then it clicks. Oh, I just took amoxicillin. I've never had an allergic reaction to like any kind of drug before, but let me Google the symptoms. And the symptoms were like rashes and like blah, blah, blah. Could develop into anaphylaxis, but it's super rare. So I call my nurse friend and she's like, yeah, it's super rare, but just take some Benadryl just in case. Like the hives will eventually go away. It's a very common allergy for people to have. You're going to be fine. Then I start to swell. Like my face and my ears were swelling. I had to take out my earrings. I was swelling so badly and I got tight when I started to swallow. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And then Okay, so I thought I had experienced impending doom before, which is like a common symptom. Like not really like a common symptom, but it's a symptom of things that happen. And I, I thought I knew what that felt like. Now I know what it feels like. It literally feels like, oh, I'm dying. Something bad is happening to me. And then I got my friend Hannah to come over because I didn't want to spend the night by myself because I was worried it was going to get worse. But my nurse friend was like, it's so rare to have anaphylaxis from an antibiotic. It's like it's very, very rare. You're you're probably fine. Just keep me posted on your symptoms. And she lived upstairs, so I wasn't stressed at all. Like she brought me down an oximeter, which like reads your oxygen levels. My oxygen levels never drop. So I was like, I'm going to be fine. I'm still freaking out. No one could calm me down. I'm so freaked out. But like, I'm going to live. Then... I started puking. Maybe MK knows this about me. I don't know if you do, but I never throw up. Like, ever. I don't think I knew that explicitly, but thinking back, I have never seen you throw up or heard about you throwing up, and, like, we've drank a lot together. Yeah. I (laughs) I never puke. Like, ever. Yeah, that's true. So that happening made me go, like, oh, this isn't good, because even when I am sick, this doesn't happen. And then I told nurse friend, SP, and she was like, you have to go to the ER, like, right now, because that's, like, the last checkbox of anaphylaxis. So I'll have to post a picture, like, a carousel and make, like, the picture of me, the very last one, where I'm, like, hot pink. It's crazy how pink I was and all swollen. So I go to the ER. I get seen immediately. I don't have to wait at all. I skip in front of everyone there, and I'm like, oh, maybe I am dying. One of the first things they asked me is, do you have a will? And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Apparently, that's normal, but I didn't love to hear it. Then they stabbed me with an EpiPen. Not fun. Not fun. I I don't know if anyone listening has been stabbed with an EpiPen before. I thought it would be like a normal shot. You know, like when you get a shot. No, it, it feels like you're being stabbed with a knife. And you, like, feel it go, like, down, like... I, I I'm a thin woman. I have smaller legs. I, like, felt it go through my leg. So painful. They hook me up to an IV. They do blood work. They give me steroids and and Benadryl and all this stuff and painkiller from my mouth because my mouth hurt this whole time, you guys. So then I had to stay there until 6 a.m. Horrible. I get checked out. I'm so exhausted. I have to take off work to sleep. The doctor at the ER prescribes me 
another antibiotic because she agreed with my dentist that I have the symptoms of a sinus infection and I still need to treat it even though I'm in pain. So she prescribes me a completely different antibiotic. I wait until the next night, the next dinner, because I have to take it with food. I'm exhausted. I take the next antibiotic and my ER doctor did warn me that this would happen. So I wasn't totally shocked, but I had another flare up. I had like the fleshing in the skin. I had the hives popping up and I was like, here we fucking go. Fortunately, I was prescribed an EpiPen and steroids and like a high powered antihistamine. So like I was okay. I didn't have to go to the ER and I didn't have to stab myself either. I never got bad. She did warn me that this would happen. I was like, oh my God, why is this happening to me? I was all pink again. So that happens. That's Thursday, Thursday night. Friday morning, I drive to Auburn for my gynecologist appointment. You might be wondering, Cressy, why, why don't you have a gynecologist in Atlanta? I love Dr. Sharma. I am ride or die for Dr. Sharma. I have been seeing Dr. Sharma since 2015. I am going to drive the hour and a half once a year to see her. I like her. I'm not going to see anyone else. So I go, I drive to Auburn after all of this, like a day and a half after my anaphylaxis, I'm pink. I drive to Auburn. I see her. It's fine. No STDs, no STIs, normal pap smear. We're good to go. I get home. I'm exhausted. Steroids do not make you feel well if you've ever been on them. I get home and there's puddles of water like in my apartment. And I'm like, what? It's been raining pretty hard, but like my apartment's never leaked before. I look around. My mattress and all my pillows were soaking wet because there was a leak directly over my bed and I was on all of these drugs and I had to like clean it all and I was like a zombie like throwing away pillows and like walking down my front steps to the dumpster to like throw away my big pillows. I live in a really old house so like it's not that surprising but it's just not what you want to deal with when you're so hot pink from anaphylaxis. The leak got fixed very quickly. I was fine. But I still had to deal with that. And then you guys thought you guys thought that was as bad as it was just gonna get, right? And then this is recent. Last week, I lose AC in my apartment. I have been one week without air conditioning in Atlanta, Georgia. Fortunately, my landlord brought over a portable AC for the time being, but it only cools down my bedroom. It doesn't cool down my whole house. But it's fine. I can still sleep and stuff. Apparently, electricians are super booked right now, so it's just taking a long time. But to sum up where GFAL has been, uh, cavity, COVID, anaphylaxis, water leak, no AC. I had to take some time Sinus off. infection. So, Oh, oh, I got to bring it back to the sinus infection. Thank you, MK. That's a very important part of the story. So important. So glad you're here. I, I've been seeing an allergist, as MK knows. I've been getting poked and prodded, tested for everything. I have a lot of allergies, fun fact. Um, it turns out, it's not confirmed, my allergist has a theory that I did not have a sinus infection and that I am not allergic to penicillin. <gasps> Plot twist. Right? It just keeps getting crazier. And I have an official diagnosis. I'm getting my, uh, like, an official oral and skin penicillin test at the end of the month. We have to wait until the steroids are completely out of my body. But I have been diagnosed, and I'm going to say this incorrectly, with chronic idiopathic urticaria angioedema. I definitely didn't say that right. But basically, my my body, my mast cells, which is like a part of your immune immune system, overreacts to things. 
and it like produced too many histamines. So a couple months ago, I had a spider bite that was really, really bad, and I had to go on antibiotics. And that was that. That condition caused my body to overreact. And then when I had the cavity filling, it like was like a wound in my mouth, you know? My body overreacted, and it's this condition. So I didn't actually have a sinus infection. My body was just overreacting to the filling that I had to get done twice, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because I also get like heat hives. I get like anxiety, like stress hives very easily. And that's a common thing. Sometimes I get hives after I shower. That's apparently a thing with this disorder, but it's fine. I won't like die from it. It's not life threatening, but I do have to do the additional testing with penicillin and I'm really afraid to do it because I don't want to get stabbed with an EpiPen again, but I have to do it because I am getting plastic surgery in a few months. This is not a secret. I'm getting a boob job. I'm very open about this. I have stand-up about this. It is not a secret. I am getting a boob job. And my allergist explained to me, I told him that I was getting this. My allergist explained to me that when they put the IV in me and all that, they're probably going to administer a little penicillin, just like out of precaution. So it's really important to know if I have a penicillin allergy. So stay tuned for that, for anyone subscribing to this mess. I'm hoping I don't have it. It'll be fine if I do. I mean, my boob job's still going to happen. But yeah, there was no sinus infection the whole time. And it all started with a cavity. <laughs> my freaking dentist office. It's just the most basic thing. Like, so routine, cavity. And, and then it snowballed. <laughs> oh, I'm, I also, I floss. I use mouthwash twice a day. But I do actually get cavities a lot because my dentist said that I have freakishly deeply pitted teeth and that no matter how clean I am I will always get cavities so I know that fillings aren't fun but that was probably the least like painful thing that you went through with all of this I I would get a cavity filled and COVID again and then go through anaphylaxis that was horrible I zero out of ten do not recommend anaphylaxis you know it's bad when you go straight to the front of the line at the ER Oof. It was not fun. It was not that fun to be asked scary. if I had a will after cutting in front of everyone. <laughs> well, okay. The big silver lining here for me, you know, making this about myself, yeah. obviously. Of course. It's Leo season. We have to make things about our individualist self. Okay. Well, now Cressy has a will and um, I'm in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, MK is in my will. I do have a will now. Um, MK is a godparent to my cat Stella and will get is legally legally the owner of all of my Taylor memorabilia when I die. I laughed so hard when you texted me that I was with someone and I was like this is the most crusty text I've ever gotten (laughs) just so random out of the blue. Hey I'm writing a will now um like you're 26 years old right almost. I'm 24 first of all. You're, you're older than... Oh, you're so young for your grade, aren't you? I forgot about that. Yes. I turned 25 okay. on August 16th. Yeah, so I was thinking you're about to turn 26 because you're a year older than me in school, but... Or you were. But, so, you're young. And to just get a text, it's like, hey, I'm writing a will. Do you want anything? And I was like, this this makes sense, though, for Cressy. <laughs> <It checks out. laughs> this is something she would text me. Yeah. And the best part is that two days later, maybe not even, I think it was the next day, another friend texted me and said, hey... Do you, like, what do you want when I die? I'm writing a will. Oh my gosh. Did I start a movement? Wow. I'm such a trendsetter. It's like one of those things. It's like, 
if I had a nickel every time, I'd yeah. have two nickels, but it's weird that it happened twice. Or like like a glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, just, it was weird. But anyway, so silver lining, I'm getting Taylor Swift merch for free if you yeah, die. Yeah, you're getting all of it, all my t-shirts, vinyls, autographs, all of the above, anything with Taylor on it, it's legally yours. <laughs> Thank you. Well, anyway, that's what you missed on Glee. I am alive. I'm fine. Still have some more tests. If anyone's curious about what my allergy test produced, I am allergic to all trees, but sycamore trees and all grasses. But um, with this condition I have been diagnosed with, I am allowed to take up to eight Claritin a day. Whoa. Isn't that insane? So I'm taking two a day now as like a maintenance thing. And in addition to like getting allergy shots later, so yeah this is just my life but i'm okay i'm alive and i appreciate uh our gfall listeners patience because i i know we dropped off for a bit and know that it was not by choice we're we'll we'll come back eventually yeah we'll bounce back yeah we just had to take some time off some might say i'm even good for a weekend just a weekend <laughs> doesn't sound great well yeah, I'm realizing now that's a little bit darker than I intended, but I'm <laughs> I'm good for all weekends. How about that? Good for every weekend. Good for <laughs> so may say I'm good for every weekend. <laughs> that's great. Well, we will be back eventually. Yes. I believe we'll have an episode out soon. <laughs> yes. I believe in us. Still have a million appointments where I'm getting poked and prodded, but it's going to be okay. We're going to power through. And if you want to find us on any of the socials, that will be in the show notes. We are at GFA Weekend on Instagram and Twitter. And I haven't been active on there because I almost died. And we are at Good for a Weekend Podcast on TikTok. Yeah. I have not been active either. Uh, but that's because I'm new. <laughs> Yes, MK is... I'm easing into it, people. This is a difficult time for you to join, and I'm glad you're still here. Hey, it's all right. I'm rolling <laughs> with the punches. I love Taylor Swift enough to roll with the punches for you. It's fine. And ignore <laughs> that she's a climate criminal. Yeah, it's okay. Hush, hush. <laughs> anyway, bye, guys. We'll see you next time with another controversial episode on Lena Dunham. If this episode doesn't get us canceled by each other fans. <laughs>